we will not, we will not build the church according to the changing whims of an ungodly culture. We will change that ungodly culture by the power of the immutable gospel. Welcome to the We the Exiles podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Wood, along with my co-host and brother, Chandler Wood. What's up? We appreciate you joining us today. In this podcast, we examine Christian culture in the light of Scripture. We believe in the sufficiency of Scripture, and our goal is to help others be bold and stand firm in a world that is increasingly anti-Christ. And with that, we pray, Jesus Christ, may you be glorified and give us wisdom to speak clearly and boldly about your unchanging truth. Well, guys, it's been a little bit of time since our last podcast. A couple weeks, a couple weeks. But as we've discussed before, we are not doing this on a routine basis. We are doing this as as we just have things that uh, are laid on our heart, or um, in this case, specifically right now with everything that's going on, time. We have a lot more time. so we and, it, and if we just really fill up to it. Yeah. You know, if we're like, hey, let's, let's, we, let's, um, do, a, let's do a podcast. Yeah. It, it's a lot of work we found. Not that we're against the work. It was just a lot of work we found um, trying to produce and do it on a level that we really wanted to do it because I don't like to do things half. Mm. <laughs> I like to do things full. And so, like, at the fullest level. And I, uh, fa- I have found, too, that it's it feels a lot... It feels more natural when it's just kind of like when we can do it, when we feel when up, we have, up to it. We wanted it to be more conversational anyway yeah. and not like this structured thing. If we had time to dedicate as our full-time, this was our full-time deal, Yeah, we could dedicate that to that. But we have so much else going on in our lives that it's really not responsible, I feel, of us to try to dictate that much time to something that we really just can't. Mm. do at that level all the time yeah but with all that to be said we are glad that you guys are joining us uh, on this podcast we hope that uh any discussion we have first and foremost is it brings glory to the lord uh it's an encouragement to you uh chandler and i have walked this christian journey pretty much together for most of our lives uh and uh, we're still walking it you know we're still growing we're in our mid to late 20s and um you know what? We're still we're still learning a lot. God never stops teaching. Uh, his wisdom never runs out. His instruction yeah. never runs out. And so, uh, we're not scholars. We're not even pastors. We're just two men who love the Lord, who are trying our best to bring Him glory and uh, just understand. You know what His Word has to say. How do we look at God's Word? How do we look at His instruction? How do we apply that to our lives? And even in our failure, how do we then look at that as well? How do yeah. we how do we look at you know our our salvation in Christ the grace that has been given to us by his shed blood on the cross what does that look like for our lives what kind of change are we supposed to be going through what kind of what does our life look like in regards to sanctification and and so we want to get the theology right you know in our discussion time we want to uh, make sure that the Bible and the things we say are coming from the Word of God. Um, or that our experiences that we talk about are lined up with that. They're not extra biblical, um, or they're not trying to promote some kind of man-centered agenda. You know, it's yeah. all about God and His glory. Yeah, and by God's grace, um, 
we've been able to, like Cameron said, we've we've been able to walk most of our Christian journey together. And, you know, it's only every now and then that I actually kind of think about that. I should think about that more often, but it really is um, a blessing to have each other as we're brothers. Um, and just for the longest time, the Lord has drawn us together in everything that we've done like with music we play music together we run a, a business together um and we just enjoy the same things like even doing even doing this podcast or any other creative venture we're always we always have the same kind of mindset about it mm-hmm. and the lord has really used that not only just in our creative world but also in our spiritual life because we can come to each other. It doesn't matter whenever it is, but we a lot of times we'll just come to each other and we um, can talk about what we're struggling with or how we see this or that. And it's just really good to have that. Um, and I'm really thankful and blessed. You know, mm-hmm. just the Lord has really blessed us in that in that way because you you don't always see brothers and sisters Mm-mm. with that kind of close bond. Mm-hmm. So and. You know, for for me, understanding we've we've kind of led this this has led to discussion before on the podcast. But for both of us, we um, we grew up in semi I would say semi Christian homes. We love our parents, um, and they've they've done they've been wonderful parents to us. Uh, but uh, the groundwork for instruction of the Lord mostly came from our times at churches, you know, not from our, I would say not mostly from our parents themselves. And so, you know, in God's word, there's instruction from parents to lay the groundwork, to teach your children in the instruction of the Lord. And for me as a parent now, I do see that there is a means to that. I believe that God uses that particular mean for his grace in a sense. And I pray that my children will be saved. And I'm going to continue to instruct them in the Lord. But if you were to look at our lives in comparison to we were most normal normal kids, we went to normal school, we participated in a lot of normal things, we led a normal, pretty normal life, and that's not bad within within itself. But with all that to say is that our salvation truly is the work of God. Mm. It is a grace. Um, the fact that we both are brothers, like you said, that God has used our relationship to grow, I would say, my my life. Mm. Because it's through a lot of our deep discussions that I have had sanctification. Yeah. And uh, it is a blessing. So on the one fold, just to be saved, but then on the, 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 the whole other end of that is to be able to walk a Christian life with someone who I'm close with, um, even before being married and having mm-hmm. children and having and still having that relationship. And I think we are an example of, you know, what it means kind of that you can't save your children, you know, because we obviously were not saved by uh, the efforts of our parents. Right. We are, we are a clear picture of the fact that the Lord just had a hold on us and he carried us mm-hmm. to where we are now. Um, apart from having some over the top 
uh, biblical structure of a family when we were younger because right. that's not what we had. Yeah, you can have, and, and, and there are examples of both sides of the fence, mm-hmm. and you see those who grow up in completely anti-God homes, and I wouldn't say we grew up in anti-God homes, no. but but who are saved, mm-hmm. you know, who, who come out of that and, and love the Lord, and that's clearly a grace of God. The same way that there are people who grow who, who grow their Christian life through these camps of Christianity that aren't really Christian and um, hear preachings or hear sermons and worship and stuff that's really not biblical, and then they that God has people in those camps too, and he saves them. It really is all the work of the Lord. Um, I mean, his election I, is made sure more so through those type of examples. Absolutely. And that's not to say, I mean, if you are um, raising children, your desire to, should be that you raise them in the Lord. Right. Um, but with the understanding that you solely cannot save your children, it's only a gift and a grace of the Lord um, if your children are saved. Right, and... Right, I feel though in our culture too. Well, from what we've seen, I mean, we've we've kind of had an experience in this. Mm. We've lived through that too many times. At least growing up, and we grew up in the boom of youth culture. Yeah. So, you know, taking your kids to church, being part of youth youth camps and stuff like that. We lived in the heyday of that, and we're we've seen so many people fall away from the church. And they were there just as much as we were. And so that's proof, too, of that. That, that With well, that to say that I think that whole kind of experiment with, hey, let's let the church raise our children doesn't work either. We have a mandate by God, and that mandate is a better mandate because it comes from his word that we as parents are supposed to be the ones instructing, instructing our kids. Mm. There, We are, as parents, as fathers, we are the pastors of our home. We yeah. are the leaders of our home. With a heart, with a heart that actually loves the Lord. Because right. I was thinking about this the other day, and Reagan and I were talking about it, um, and just thinking about raising our children now. But there's such a way that you can raise your kids to, um where you want them to do the right thing and you, you know, all the biblical knowledge and all this stuff that we place mm-hmm. before them, that they would be able to regurgitate it and, and memorize it and stuff. Right. And then I thought, you know, well, if we solely just do that because we think that that's going to be a key to their salvation, you know, but our hearts are not even really there. There's a problem. Um, and so something that I've been thinking about is just, it's really an examining of myself is like, do I have that joy inside me? Do Am I joyous in Christ that I actually want to teach my kids because of that joy that I have? I think it's important for our, like our children to see our excitement when we open the scriptures and our excitement in worship of the Lord and not that, Oh, this is just a routine thing that we do every day, and um, that it's actually from genuine. Because when it's from genuineness, and it's like that—that that is your joy, that mm-hmm. is your life. Then your children see that and say, "I want that. I want that. I want that joy. I want that joy that they have." But a lot of times, 
and I and I'm guilty of this too, is just kind of doing it more out of a routine thing, and thinking, oh, this is the right way that we should do this or that. So it's been an examining of myself to say, is that really where I bank my life? Is Christ really my ultimate joy? Yeah, you know, and I think that makes all the world of a difference. Um, yeah, being uh, joyous and I mean. The greatest instruction that they're going to have, we know, is God and His Word. You know, uh, and and learning. Uh, I homeschool my kids. You're going to homeschool your kids. Whether or not you homeschool your kids or not doesn't guarantee their salvation either. We know this. We just feel like that's the better way because we can have complete. At least we know what's going being fed to our children. Uh, that's that is really my biggest reason for that. And majority of what I want them to know, I want it to be biblically centered. Uh, but I know that doing that doesn't guarantee their salvation either. Just like them going to public school doesn't guarantee that they're not going to be saved. Right. You know, and, uh, but sometimes it's easy. And it's funny coming from a Christian perspective because I, I was never, I mean, I, we like baseball now. We like to watch baseball and uh, football every now and then, but we weren't the sport people growing up. But I can see myself now, um, with how kind of competitive I am and just nature that I can see some of like, like the same intensity that a, a father may have on a child to compete well in sports. Mm-hmm. I can kind of see that same intensity from myself in how well I just want my children to know everything there is about the Bible Yeah, in 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 an almost, uh, and, and that within itself may not be bad, but it's just the thought that I almost want them to know it so that they just, outdo every other kid in that way you know and i have to kind of recenter myself on that is like look you know yeah i want them to know all these things i want them to do it but first and foremost none of this knowledge just like we know is not it's going to matter if they aren't in love with the lord yeah it's kind of the mentality of um just like just like well you finish what i was saying just like we could play sports our whole life but if we don't love that Mm. We're never going to strive to be excellent at it on our own. On our own, we're just going to do it because someone else is pushing us to do yeah. that. Well, it's like uh, Bible drill. Yeah, you know, growing up, we had this thing called Bible drill, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners are, are familiar with that. But it's kind of a competitive. It's kind of a replacement for sports in a sense within the church, but it's kind of a competitive thing no upward is a replacement for sports in the church oh that's true yeah (laughs) upward but this but bible drill could be really competitive i mean people get crazy i've seen some competitions where people were got really intense you know crying over losing bible drill well basically you recite verses um you learn the books of the bible you can name all it's it's just basically your knowledge of um a lot that's in the bible and uh, which is well, it turn, it's essentially turning Bible into sport. That's what it right. is. So that's an example because that can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, doing the Bible drill can be a really good thing because it can help you learn, you know, scriptures. And that's something that you think, oh, that would be really good for our kids. Right. And so I'm not knocking Bible drill in a sense, but it, it's similar in what you're you're saying because something that can be really good can turn into something that is it loses the point. Right. Well, I mean, it's it like loses. It's, we're making the idol the knowledge. Just because you know right. 
just because you can uh, recite a um, hundred scriptures and you know uh, each book of the Bible doesn't mean that you know any more about God. Well, because, it's your motive. Yeah, I mean, your motive. Your motive really plays into the the heart of of, of it. Where where is your heart? Mm-hmm. And that's that's something I've kind of been thinking about. Like I was talking about with raising my kids, is different in a sense. It's like I don't want to. I'm not just pushing my kids or putting this stuff in front of my kids as a formula of like, oh, well, they do this and they do this, they do this. Then they're going to inevitably know and learn and be good at Christianity. That's why I'm saying if my heart's not in it, if I don't, if I don't look into my kids and, and want to um, expound on the, the wor- the wonders of God, in front of my children because I, I desperately want them to know the Lord, then I have to question where are my motives? Is it because I want them to is it because I want them to be a Christian and be moralistic versus actually being a lover of the Lord and to know God mm-hmm. for who he is and be extremely changed by that. Right. So Yeah, uh yeah, completely. I mean, I, I was in Bible drill. I learned, I was one of those 100 verse kids. I actually had a Bible that had the gold lining on it because I learned my 100 verses. Hmm. But, but see, I don't remember 100 right. those verses at yeah, all. Can but my motive, my motive was competition. My motive oh, was yeah. to be the best at that. And you got your Bible. And you I got, got my that. Bible. But then once I got my Bible, I was like, what's funny about that? It reminds me of this. It reminds me when I was learning those 100 verses, like in a, they gave you 100 verses to learn. And I learned these hundred verses from this like pamphlet that said showed all the verses that you're supposed to learn. And then once I learned them all, I would recite them. I remember practicing the verses. I would take that pamphlet with me to school, mm. like in fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade, because fourth grade is when we started Bible drill. Or for me, I started Bible drill. And I remember, like in my break times and stuff in class, pulling that pamphlet out. Uh, and reading that, and I was just thinking, you know, how I didn't even think about it then, that I was reading these scriptures and stuff and practicing this on my own time during this time of my life where, you know, no one else was kind of really pushing me to do that. Yeah, It's just funny to see how those things work. It's the same way with me, like, taking fifth grade, taking the Jesus Freak book, the DC Talk Jesus Freak book about the martyrs, and taking it to school and sitting it, like intentionally sitting it on the corner of my desk Mm. because I wanted, because I don't know if it was like this, but for fifth grade for me, we had four desks that were all stuck together. Yeah. And I remember in Miss Brantley's class, who you also had as a teacher, I think, when you were in fifth grade. Yeah. I just had it sitting there with the intention that someone would notice during our like break times and stuff Mm -hmm. or would walk by my desk and start a conversation with me about it. Yeah. I remember, I remember little things like that when I was in middle school, I think I did something similar with, with a little pocket Bible I had. Yeah. Um, and I look back now and I, at, at that point in time I had, I didn't know all that I know now, but I look back at that time and I think about, like, I think about my innocence in that yeah. and how, 
how I wish I had a lot of that back. Like, well, but like the innocence of actually desiring to know the Lord and also just like your innocence and like, Oh, I, w- I want someone to see this because I want to, to tell them. Yeah. It was a lot easier during that time in my life to be unashamed. Yeah. Or I'm not, it's not that I'm ashamed now. It's just that you're so much, as you get older, you become more aware of life. Yeah. And I, then when you're younger, there's there, you're more kind of tunnel vision. Mm. And so, uh, which you and I would still say that we have tunnel vision to a certain extent, but about certain things. But then it's just like you as a child, you really focused on one thing and you focused on that thing and then you moved on to something else. And it was so much easier for me to have like really no fear about those things. Then now growing up, seeing how life really is, because we had, we didn't have a lot of real life experience. Well, it's a childlike faith. It really you know, is, that, yeah. that term, because when you, as you grow and you start to be aware of the things in this world, you start to see terrible things get sucked into terrible habits, get sucked into sin, um, and you're trampled by this life in a sense. That is just taken away. And I, I miss so much of that. Mm-hmm. I wish I could go back and and not go here or not go there to where I would not see the things that I have seen and, and gone through what I have gone through. And that's really what pricks me and pushes me with my children mm-hmm. to, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not the type to like, I don't want to be just this incredibly overprotective parent, but I do want to protect them from the evils that I know right. lurk. Yeah. Well, we, and we have a right life. as parents to protect our children. It's when we overstep, or the, the the goal isn't sheltering our kids because we are afraid of everything. Mm. Because then that means we're not trusting in the Lord. The goal is to shelter our kids in such a way that we are sheltering them from what we know is evil. Yeah. Not in... Something that we've actually gone through and experienced. Right, right. But I think on the one side of the foot, you know, there are... It can be a lot more. It can be easier, specifically for those people who have been on the other side of the fence, who've lived that life, and then now have children and are saved to overshelter their kids. Because in in in, a, in a, and in their heart, it's a good motive. They're wanting to protect their kids, but they don't realize that they're actually taking control of their entire life. I think that is what I was kind of talking about earlier. It's like. Um, the overprotecting, in a sense, is like, okay, I'm going to guard my children from all these things that I know are bad and not godly, which is good. But doing it in such a way that thinking that doing that is going to guarantee their salvation. Right. Now, that is a wrong, right. that is a wrong way of viewing it because, and, because you, can, you can guard your children from all these things and be you know, overprotective of them in every area of their life and and your children could still come out. Yeah, not and safe. you set them free and you haven't because sometimes sheltering comes with completely just abandoning any any um idea of culture. Which can be bad because as long as you're teaching your kids about culture through the lens of the Bible, yeah, then you can still teach them, hey, the world is like this. 
you can even show them experiences of the world is like this so that they are aware of that. Because if you don't and you just lock them away for 16 years and you throw them out in the real world, what's going to happen? Yeah. They're going to run for the hills. Yeah. I think um... it's our duty to teach our children through the through a biblical worldview and to do it, um, well, to do it biblically, of course, but also to do it where we aren't taking control of everything in our lives. Yeah, I think it's it's we need discernment. Um, we have to submit ourselves to God too. We need discernment as to what we um, shelter our kids from, you know, and what ages that we shelter our kids from certain things and particular things. We need wisdom, mm-hmm. and that can only come from God. And I think we need to. Um, cry out to the Lord for for that wisdom in our parenting because that is a struggle. And I think uh, what I would say to parents now in, in my position, I'm a young parent, you know, obviously there's people that are way wiser than me, but something just from my lens, from our upbringing and just kind of what I see is like, if you're a Christian and you love the Lord and you want to instruct your children in the Lord, Trust in the Lord. Mm-hmm. The weight is not on us. Mm-mm. We we can we can place that weight on Christ. Christ bears that weight for us. In a sense, is we're not responsible for our kids' salvation. But if we trust the Lord and and we are Christians and we're looking to Christ, do your best. Do your best to present the gospel to your children daily and and if it and it be a sincere heart you know examine yourself if that's a sincere heart do your best to to present these things to your children and trust the lord mm-hmm. the weight is not on your shoulder um don't overthink every everything but do your best and um yeah, and, the, and I mean, there's and, obviously clear and, things, and just and, and and let the Lord take care of the rest, right? Um, and and me saying that is not like I think it's important. I think it's important that you should daily have Bible time with you know, absolutely put these things in front of your children, but don't put your hope in the fact that you did those things that that's going to have uh, a particular outcome. Right. You trust the Lord, you pray to the Lord for your kid's salvation, and you do your best. And really, that's all that I can say. I mean, but the the the, the reason you do it is if God saves them. Yeah. Then they have this knowledge. Mm. They're in a lot better position than I was when I got saved because they actually know things about who God is that I never did. Yeah. When I started my Christian journey, I knew nothing about God. So, uh, just kind of for our listeners or whatever, and honestly, this this conversation is kind of taking a different turn, which is cool, because I think this is a cool, I think this is an important topic, but um, I guess for our listeners, I guess we could tell, each, uh, tell the listeners kind of what we do um, for our, our Bible time each day mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Like how how does your family worship look? And yeah. obviously, obviously, these this is not a um, what us talking about this or telling this is not yeah. um, well, a rule book of like oh you need yeah, this yeah. is the right thing to do. I but mean, there's there there are times when we miss family worship. I, mean, I think I think it can be helpful to listeners though right. uh, that might not have 
a routine family worship time right. or whatever. So, well, first and foremost, I'll, I'll lay the ground with the groundwork like this: if you are a Christian parent, there is absolutely no excuse for not teaching your kids about God and His Word. You have no excuse. <laughs> I mean, you're a Christian, so therefore you say your life is in Christ, and you're not teaching them anything about it. That doesn't work. Yeah. You got to. So there's no black and white area there. I mean, there's no gray area there. It's black and white. You know, we are instructed by God to teach our children about him. Plus, if we're Christians, our greatest desire should be in doing that. We should want to. Yeah. That should be a want of our heart. We have a changed heart in Christ, so we should want that. But that doesn't mean you're going to be perfect at it. Mm. You're going to just be the greatest Bible teacher there ever was. There are days that I struggle with that because... I have to constantly turn to the Lord and knowing that, you know, there are days when I'm reading the Word to my children and I'm trying my best to explain it that I leave. Some days I leave like, yeah, that made sense. I feel good about that. And there's some times I walk away from worship and I'm like, man, did this accomplish anything? Yeah. It's just like that. You know, life is like that. You are still a wicked person in flesh in your sin and you're not perfect. You're going to fail. But that's where the grace of God comes into play. You're trusting in God that no matter what you're teaching, He's going to plant. You're planting that seed that He is going to fertilize. He is going to grow in your children. Um, but with all that to say, kind of how we do it is we well, always um, um, give the ages of your, your okay, children. Okay, yeah. Too. So my kids are well, Stella will be seven in a couple weeks. I'll just say seven, five, and uh, my youngest will be three in June. So three. So seven, five, and three. Uh, and, uh, we've, thankfully we've, by the grace of God have had, uh, since we've been married an intentional, we've been intentional about family worship. Now we haven't always succeeded at it and in, in keeping with a the routine. There are months that are better than other months. There are weeks that are better than other weeks. Uh, but we, both Casey and I, who's my wife, we care about being intentional about instructing our kids. Uh, now, this isn't just in family worship. We do other things, too, throughout the week or even through their study, their uh, their homeschooled. So even in their instruction, they're getting biblical knowledge. But in our family worship time, we, we do it usually after dinner each uh, each day. And it usually involves, because they're children, it usually involves a devotional centered on a biblical passage. And what I usually do is I will read that passage of Scripture We'll discuss that passage of scripture, and then I will read like this devotional following that um, passage of scripture. Let me back up there. We usually open with some worship too. Uh, now, in your case, Chandler, you could probably play guitar, but it's a lot harder for me to lead from piano and teach my kids. So we'll pull something up on YouTube. That's the great thing with technology. Oh yeah, sure. I can pull up. There's all kind of live lit with lyrics, and so we'll pull up a couple of songs. And usually, my kids want more, <laughs> so that's good. We'll usually do a couple of those opening that. Um, we'll pray. It's it's like kind of having a mini church service for us, you know. And then we'll do that kind of looking at the word. I'll teach that to my kids. Um, every now and then we'll do catechisms. I was doing catechisms every time, um, but with all three of them, this is different. If you have a, if you have one child who understands, it's a lot easier, I think, because you're just working with them solely. Um, but we, we still do that routinely. Uh, but I could, I kind of saw myself doing that where I was like, I want to teach them. They got to know these catechisms. They got to know. But then I saw like after Estella was like five and she learned like 36 of them, 
Well, the very next year, after we had stopped for like a month or two months, she forgot them all. So for me, I didn't just want to teach them catechisms just so they knew the catechisms. I wanted them to know what that meant, like where in the Bible does that come from. So we've taken a more intentional approach about spending more time on those uh, theological points. Yeah. It's like, who is God and why did God make you? Instead of just saying, instead of them saying the answer of that catechism, understanding where that answer comes from is more important to me than them just knowing the answer. Yeah. So without to say that, we'll do those every now and then. So usually it's worship followed by some prayer, then devotional. I mean, then uh, the devotional with the passage of Scripture, looking at that together. Lately, since my kids have gotten a little older, I give them a time to respond. So I usually ask, do you have any questions uh, about what we talked about? You know, trying to hear. And that's joyous because... You never know what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You hope that they've understood something and they will ask about it. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Don't let that be a marker for how well you succeeded yeah. because they're children. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then we'll close in prayer. And then we've been, we've started this thing where we will close out our entire family worship time with we all sing the doxology together. That's good. So we all sing it together. Yeah. And even Cassie and my youngest has took took to that, and so it's just fun to, to hear him sing. But, but that's it. But with that being said, so it's usually about my my type of personality that I have. Earlier on, when I was trying to learn the ropes, I yeah. would go way too long mm. because I just thought that I just had so much I wanted to, to pack in, and I you know because I I don't want them to miss a lot of things, and so. But then Casey kind of brought me back to center with that and looked said, you know, they're they're younger. They're not going to be able to grasp all these things that you know. So I've had to learn how to, just through practice, shaping the way I talk to my kids, the way I teach my kids, and what my expectations should be for my kids. Yeah. But yeah. but that's pretty much the yeah, way Yeah, I think is. that's a good point. Um, for us, obviously, and that's why I wanted you to kind of give your um, – kids ages because it it's going to be different with yeah as your di- kid, different kids ages as your kids progress get older they can start um you know remembering things more and, and engaging and understanding it, help, it helps when they are engaging too yeah for sure but i think it's important you know to start doing a family worship as early as you can mm-hmm. um to for this for that to be a common thing that your children know that, okay, this is something that we do. Um, and like Cameron said, you know, there are days and it's same for us. There are days that we, um, miss it or whatever. Um, and, but our, but our goal and our, our hope is to do it every day. Um, but for us right now, we have two kids, but our, oldest is about to be two so she's really young Uh, more of the focus is kind of on her right now our newest uh child is uh just turned four months so but we started trying to do more family worship when she was about one and um it's been really good we first got her a little like like uh it's kind of it's a thing called my first bible or whatever and we would uh, just read through it with her and, and it was kind of more about trying to make this a normal thing where she she can understand obviously she doesn't understand what we're reading but we would do songs with it um, 
which is really cool with this with that uh my first bible or i think it's called a hug a bible mm-hmm. the rain for roots which is um i think sandra, sandra mccracken Mc, sandra mccracken does it i think mm-hmm. it's like uh kids songs if you look up rain for roots on yeah, spotify we did those for a, for quite a while they uh she did an album that is based on each of the pages in that right. hug a hug a bible and it was so it was singing of what was being read and so we would play the song that would go with that story which was really cool um and so that was a cool thing just to kind of start out with but now i think for the past four four or five months we've been um every day reading the biggest story by kevin DeYoung mm-hmm. as as kind of her bible right now because it goes through um the gospel um from cre- creation, creation to, to, to and yeah. i would really highly recommend that um it's a little advanced still for where she's at um she obviously doesn't understand a lot of it but we try to take little points out of it and the pictures are really good with it um and along with that we we ask her i think she's just she can do three of the first catechism questions um so we're just trying to have repetition and 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 by god's grace as she develop as her brain develops if she continues to know these things we'll start implementing like cameron said you know why the why of these things like you know um why did God make us and, and what does it mean that it's for his glory? And, Mm -hmm. and, um, those things can be, um, expanded on as, as her mind grows. But I think it's just important to have family worship time. And it's, and it's, it's, it's good for us too. It's good for us to, um, you know, even the simplicity of the catechisms. Sometimes when you hear a kid, I remember when Estella, your oldest daughter, couple years ago was reciting some of those catechisms Mm -hmm. it's so awesome to hear a child say the simple truths of god yeah that we so often forget Mm -hmm. and thinking about the innocence of a child and them just saying the simple truths like who made you god made me why did he make you for his glory yeah and it's and, and you can go through the catechisms or whatever but it's like man the world just comes in it just steals so much of that innocence away and i hate it and i think it's it's a great picture of what christ is trying to restore in us and it's and it is that it, it doesn't have to be super complicated mm-hmm. and that's the thing uh like uh cameron was saying i think that's a great point you know right now obviously my my child is not almost two not even two there are days when I'm trying to say something to her. Try, uh, sometimes I, I see that creeping up in me to get frustrated that she can't grasp it. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. The She's not going to grasp it right mm-hmm. now. She's not going to grasp all of it. The point is your faithfulness, being faithful to by God's grace that your children would learn from these things. So don't beat yourself up. Um, yeah, and then the one, one day it'll click, you know. Mm-hmm. It'll... It may not all come at once, but it may come in little little pieces, and then those those smaller pieces form a larger puzzle, uh, and they'll start to put the pieces together. You know, I, I've seen that in, in Estella. 
uh, which is encouraging to me because I can see her putting those pieces together now on her own. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a wonderful thing to see as a parent who who loves the Lord, to yeah. see her putting the pieces together about things that you care about, things mm-hmm. that really mean a lot to you. And, and, and that's the thing, like, I tell my kids this every time that we have family worship, for the most part, I tell them about the gospel, I share the gospel with them in relation to anything we're talking about, because that's what the Bible all points to, you mm-hmm. know, everything, everything in the Bible points to Christ, and teaching them now even how to connect that, and mm-hmm. teaching them also that, you know, the truth is that what we're doing here isn't a marker of good merit. It's not their salvation. Mm. Uh, and just, just and it try- doesn't, and it doesn't by any means, um, it doesn't by any means say that we're good parents. Right. You know, because, because we do that. Yeah. That's no, we should do it. That's the, that's the thing that you're going to constantly have to fight mm-hmm. in yourself because, um, along with that is, you're gonna fight. You're gonna have the temptation to do these things in such a way that it can look good to other people mm-hmm. that you do these things. Or hey, if your children recite these catechisms in, in front of someone else or another family in the church or whatever, it's gonna look really good that your children can recite those right. things. And that's the temptation that's gonna come. And I think I think it, that we should fight against that. I don't think we should over gloat on our children. Um, accomplishments in these areas I think we should just be faithful in in proclaiming and teaching them and yeah. obviously saying you know that's wonderful that's yeah, a, be jo- that's a great job be that joyous you know. be joyous in it but in the right way you're not joyous in it because they listen to you mm-hmm. you got to teach them and that's what I learned and I'm still learning but early on I think what one of the convictions for me was that especially when we were going through those catechisms the first time is that Stella, you're not doing this for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to do this with you, and I want you to know these things. But me being joyous over the fact that you're doing them isn't because you're doing them for me. It's because what they're saying, the truths that are loaded in these catechisms and you reciting them brings me joy. But it's not the joy because you're doing them right. It's the joy because you're speaking about God's truth. Teaching them in that way so they understand that my dad isn't happy because I'm just listening to him. Mm-hmm. He's joyous because he really loves the Lord, and I'm speaking about God. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great thing. Mm. That's a great thing. Well, just uh, you know, a couple examples of your oldest child, Estella, and this is not, you know, this is not an area of puffing um, her up or you up, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it's. I think it's cool to see and worth noting, but it's 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 really interesting to see, you know, as you're faithful um, over time, and you might not see it, but it might come out from someone hearing right. it or whatever. But um, Estella told my wife, uh, I can't remember where they're at, but was saying something like, "Before we watch a movie." I always pray for my brother, which is Atticus, that he will not love that movie more than you. And that's just crazy to hear from a kid. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, that's really like, where did that, how did that come about? You know, and it's from hearing truth and from, but just seeing that you could love worldly things more than God. 
and just that you know a seven-year-old could kind of grasp that yeah. and, and pray that oh yeah that that says a lot yeah she continues to get older she convicts me about things it, the things I, that i am that i you know we are what we're teaching our kids we have to be physical examples of mm. too and for a while when they're younger you don't put those two pieces together because you're like well i can teach them these things but then there's more li- you feel more liberty in yourself to kind of slack off but now that she's more aware of, than ever of everything it's convicting because you're like well yeah she's right and i've t- i've said these things but i'm not really living that right. out as an example in my life yeah, that's, so that's the that's the convicting thing it's so much easier for a child to actually believe in those truths yeah. than for us adults to live them out mm-hmm. um that was very convicting. Which is which should say a lot of for us as parents, especially Christian parents. Because Estella, boom, she's seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it feels like it, it, people say that, but uh, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, man, my marriage is we're going on eight years, and it and it feels longer than eight years. But then there's other times when I look at Estella and I'm like, it doesn't even feel like she's been around for seven years. Yeah, and as Christian parents you really do have this small amount of time with your kids. Mm -hmm. And you have this small amount of time to teach them the greatest truth that ever was. And yeah, you don't have, it's not all on you. You, you, The Lord is going to do that work. But, man, there's so much in the world that your kids are going to eventually see. Mm -hmm. They're going to eventually come across. Why would we spend our time wasting that those precious moments with our children on worthless things. Yeah. Why would we do that? And I would say too, and that's one of the, that's one of the graces of homeschooling. Um, not that that's the absolute, you know, um, right thing, but I think it's, I think it's a great thing because if academics, math, science, um, English or, you know, the typical norm, if those are more important to us than spiritual things Mm -hmm. and our kids knowing spiritual things as a Christian, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more important in this life than Christ. If we're a Christian and preparing our children for the life, like Cameron said, that's, that's going to be coming their way with, all the sin that the world offers and all the 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 evil that comes to steal yeah. why would we not and I'm not saying that other those other things are not important those are important but I'm saying is if we don't have the mindset that spiritual nourishment is even more important than those things then we need to check our heart yeah I mean I could I've seen and known Many people who valedictorians, 4.0 GPA, the greatest athletes at their schools, go to college, wash out, get into a deep, dark life of sin, and nobody remembers. And that's the thing, too. You know, we're taught that all these things matter. We have so much, we put so much emphasis on our children to, to pursue these, these extracurricular things. And they're not going to matter. Mm-mm. It's not wrong to do those things. It's not wrong for your kids to want to do music or to play soccer or to play football or to have something 
fine. I mean, it's good for kids to have some kind of extracurricular. But if your hope is on your kids pursuing these things as a security for what their life is to be, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. You just are. Because Um, nobody remembers their high school quarterback. Nobody remembers the cool kids in school. I, I mean... It seems like, especially in us, in our case, you go to high school and it seems like for a lot of people, that is like the most important time of their life. And they, they, they strive to be something to some to people that aren't even going to remember who they are. The, per, the purpose of life is off. I mean, that's the thing is that when, when you don't have a clear picture that the purpose of our life is to glorify God... And enjoy him. And enjoy him. Yeah. And to live our lives for that end, for for his glory, for his kingdom, then your purpose is completely off. You're going to be searching and you're going to be um, living and striving for something that is going to fade. Right. And why would we teach our kids that? Yeah. Do not, my prayer, and if anyone's listening to this, my encouragement, don't get distracted if you have kids. Don't get distracted with the success of your children in this life solely. Right. You know, you do want to teach them things and that they would learn things so that they can take care of themselves. But most importantly and mainly, let our hearts be that our children would glorify the Lord and bring whatever desire to bring him honor. And I've said this before, and you've said this before, but I want to be okay if my children come to me when they're 18 and say, hey, I want to go to the ends of the earth for the glory of the Lord. Right. I want to, I want to get on a plane, and I want to go. And we have to be as parents who are Christian parents. You have to be. You are in line with that. Mm-hmm. If you say, if you've done all this, and then they get to that point, and then you're just trying to shelter them from that because you're scared, then you have been living a lie. Let us not. Christians, believers, brothers and sisters, let us not desire to be Christians that merely tag Christ on to our life, but live a yeah. a what, very typical American life. Right. What let we, us not be that. It's our greatest hope as parents, especially Christian parents. I'll just get really narrow. 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 Spe- uh, Christian parents in America is our hope that they're going to grow up, get a successful job, have security in their job, have everything that they need to be able to take care of them, right? Mm. Is our hope rooted in us seeing that, them living out this comfortable life? Or is our hope seeing them run to the ends of the earth for the glory of God? Yeah. Because I struggle with that. I, I mean, I do. Let's see. But in my heart, in my heart, and what I pray for, when I pray for the salvation of my kids, I pray that that God Almighty will turn the heart of stone into a heart of flesh in my children. That has to be a constant prayer of every parent hmm. who is a Christian. But secondly, and and right near that is that they won't fall. For this trap that says success is only determined by 
this um, this um, Western way of life. Yeah. See, not only do we have um, the the sins of this life uh, in in more blatant, you know, terms of lust and of the pride and all, all the things that we know as Christians to be sinful. Um, we also have uh, this other thing. Um, which is 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 also sinful, but it's a, a distraction from 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 our purpose. So we're, we're battling two things, and and this other thing is normalcy. Mm-hmm. It's a distraction of living, gaining, building wealth, building success here, having in in a so it is. And it's a trap that so many nominal Christians fall into and that we see in churches across our nation um, daily. Um, And that's what Cameron and I, we, you know, we want to be honest. We want to, you know, we're we're not, we're not trying to be um, mean by any means, but we'd want to be honest because maybe there are some listeners that fall into that. Wake up. Wake up to the reality that this life is fleeting. It comes and it goes. And what are we doing for the glory of the Lord? What are we doing with what we have? Are we storing up wealth? Are we storing up all this stuff? Are we are we trying to put our kids in the right things so that they would be successful in this yeah, life? You have such great responsibility as a parent, a Christian parent with kids. Okay. You have such a great responsibility. You have this opportunity, and it's and it's a wonderful, joyous responsibility. You have this opportunity to raise your kids up in the instruction of the Lord with the hope and the prayer that God would save them. And you're giving them these tools, these resources that are eternal resources that will last far more than anything else you can be given them. Yeah, and this is, this is not something that we just say because we have it all together we we struggle with this um too and we struggle with these areas too um it's just a it's a self-examining thing it, it, mm-hmm. when you when you look at your life in light of scripture you see how weak we are and how susceptible we are right. to falling into the distractions of this life the schemes of the devil uh I do want to ask this question because I think this is a, this is a good examining question. But if you feel like okay, and this is just you know for Christian parents looking at their children, if your kids grow up, and they're wildly successful in some area uh, of business, and they make six figures a year. Um, they grow to make six figures a year, but they don't know the Lord. And they could care less about God. Does that bother you? Would that bother you? That's a convicting question because I feel like there's a lot of people that they might say because they're Christians, they might say, oh yeah, that would bother me. But does it really bother you? Because do you care more about the comfort and the wealth of your children than you do their their eternal souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Let let us 
let us fight for truth. Let us be bold and let us be uh, parents, if we are parents, to instruct our children in what's true. Yeah. Not in the thing. Let's not waste our time on things that are fading away. And understand this. Every good parent wants what's best for their kids. And it's not, it is not an evil desire for you want to want good things for your children. That's not an evil desire. What is evil, though, and what is sinful, is wanting your children to aspire to become something that is other than what, what they are called to be in Scripture. If that's your marker, then you're missing the mark. And we have to always re-examine ourselves. As Christians, we have to, re- we have to re-examine ourselves as individual Christians, as Christian parents, every day we have to do this to see what we're doing in our lives, if our life is lining up with what God has said in accordance with his word. And just one last thing I'll say, this is just an example, just to give you, because we want to be honest and, and give you kind of real-life application here. My oldest is seven. And if I were to tell you that she doesn't know how to ride a bike yet, would you be surprised by that? Because... I walk around our neighborhood sometimes and I see five-year-olds riding bikes and I, and to somehow in my flesh I get into this point where I feel like she's got to know how to ride a bike because that's what every kid knows how to do at five, you know. Not saying she, she can't learn how to ride a bike, but she didn't care about it and so I'm not really going to teach her if she doesn't care to want to know how to ride a bike. But my attitude towards that, her riding a bike, is a shameful attitude because I want her to do these things so that when she rides around the neighborhood, those people can say, well, look, her parents taught her how to do these things, rather than, who cares? Mm-hmm. If she lives her whole life, she doesn't know how to ride a bike, but she knows the Lord, that's great. Mm-hmm. What a glorious, joyous thing that God has blessed me with, a child who loves the Lord. May that be what we desire. May yeah. that be our greatest joy. These, these, these physical markers that we grew up with, that we, we're so... It's like we're wired to believe that these are markers of your good parenting. That think that if Estella knows how to ride a bike, that puts a mark on my list that I've been a good parent. Yeah. It's just so stupid. Yeah. It is so stupid that I would even f- feel down about that. Now, that might seem silly to some, but it's just an example to show, you know, there are these kind of markers we put in our lives as parents that we're taught to believe from our childhoods that this is what makes a good parent. And none of it has to do with God. Mm. None of it has to do with, with his instruction. And it's a waste. Because yeah. Estella can grow up and be the, 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 let's say if she did ride a bike and she became, and she, she, she rode the Tour de France or whatever 500 times, and she didn't know God, she would still die and she would still go to hell. Yeah. So just, 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 just we need to recenter ourselves as parents. And let this be an encouragement to you that, we're young parents. We're still learning. By the grace of God, we will have arrows in our quiver that we can aim with this world for the glory of Him. Yeah. Well, this uh, it's taken a turn. Um, we um, didn't expect to really talk about this at all, but um, it's 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 a good topic to talk about, and I'm glad that the Lord kind of just put that in our midst as we were starting out talking, but I want to pray for, I want to pray for, um, all parents out there and even us as we, we end, um, and just hope that this is encouragement to you. And if you have any questions, 
about maybe um, some material that you can use for uh, family worship or even if you have questions towards us, obviously we're young parents like we said, but maybe we, we have uh, some knowledge that the Lord's grace is with that we can help you out. So if you do have any questions or even if you have a question um, for us to address on the next podcast, um, where can people contact us? Yeah, just, just an just email. Secret, secret servant. I mean, uh, for those who've listened, we are the band Secret Servant as well. So secretservant.com, it's our place for everything. It's where you find the resources for our music. It's where you can donate um, to Secret Servant for the continuing of the music podcast, all of the things that we're doing, resources we're putting out. Uh, but there's a contact form on there. So if you go through there, uh, you can. If you just want to send us, you can send it to hey, okay, H-E-Y, at secretandservant.com. Yeah, and we would love to just uh, be of, of help if we can because um, we're all in this together. Um, all, all Christians, we're in this together, and we want to be yeah. um, pushing. Feel free to share, push, share things with us. I mean, yeah. if you have a good book, um, we're constantly reading things. Even if you have a resource on topic of parenting that we've missed or if there's something we've said and we've, we've missed the mark on, hey, feel free to, to point that out we're not perfect and we're not saying every, we're not making out that everything we say is right. We're just being honest and trying to live our lives both as an individual Christian and as the parent for the glory of God. Well, let me pray. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy upon us. And, and Lord, without you, we would be nothing. And without you, we are weak we're bent towards sin and we want our what our fleshly desires are so lord i just pray that through this podcast lord that um you would stir in cameron and i and even in those that might be listening lord a desire to live our lives completely and solely for your glory in all that we do and that that would be, that that would overflow into our parenting, um, to our children, Lord, that we would not merely want them to be moral kids that can look good in front of other people, but that they would, that they would grow and learn the knowledge of you and be stirred to live their lives for you and to live their lives for you over this world. Um, because you are you are what matters. You are the purpose in this life. So I just pray that for grace for parents out there, um, Lord, that you would use our means um, to glorify yourself, and that you would draw our children to you, and in such a supernatural way that we can't explain. That it's not of us. It's not of our efforts, um, but it's merely just uh, completely and totally you, Lord. But we do pray that you would use our efforts, um, our broken, our weak efforts um, for your glory, Lord. We need you. We need your wisdom. We need your strength, Lord. Thank you for this time. Pray that you would use it for your glory. It's in your name we pray, amen. Well, until next time, set your eyes on Christ. Fight the good fight. This has been We the Exiles.